If you enjoy This Mom Loves, you may also like This Girl Loves Sleep. In every episode, host Alana McGinn, sleep expert and founder of Goodnight Sleep Site, helps your entire family bring back bedtime. Alana McGinn discusses your burning sleep questions for your baby, child, and even for yourself. This Girl Loves Sleep. Look for it wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Mom Loves. I'm Kate Wynn, a teacher, blogger, freelance writer, occasional TV guest, mom, and podcast host, and you are listening to episode 43 of the show. Today on This Mom Loves, I will be sharing a great new suspense novel. In the lifestyle section, I will be recapping my top 10 posts from the blog last year. And my very special guest today is Jen Robertson. She plays the mayor's wife, Jocelyn Shit, on Shit's Creek. And season six, the final season of Shit's Creek, has just begun to air. So she will be here later in the show answering all of our questions about Shit's Creek. Kicking things off, one book that I would like to recommend, and it is called Woman on the Edge by Samantha M. Bailey. It's a debut novel, and it's fantastic. Samantha Bailey is a Canadian. And in this novel, there's a woman on the subway platform. Another woman comes up to her and says, take my baby. And then she goes over onto the tracks. So this woman has this baby and then finds out all these things. And there's kind of both stories going on. We hear about two different women and and um, it's always hard to review these things without giving away too much information. But it's one of those books where you're suspecting a whole bunch of different people, which is fun because I really don't like to ever figure it out until really close to the end. You know, sometimes you're like, yeah, I knew that. I knew that that person was the guilty person. But it's no fun if you know too early. So there are lots of different people. And so you may suspect them all interchangeably, but you may very well be surprised when you get to the end. So I have actually chosen Woman on the Edge as the February pick for the This Mom Loves Virtual Book Club. Um, if you are interested in joining the virtual book club, it is on Facebook. You can look it up in request to join. And of course I will uh, grant you access. Basically we're reading one book each month. I put up some discussion questions. We've already started a kind of nice community for January. We're reading the gift of failure by Jessica Leahy, which is nonfiction. It's a parenting book, but we're going to have lots of variety. So we started with January, started January with that February switching to fiction, suspense, thriller, woman on the edge. It's not a really gory, heavy, it's it's a lot more psychological thriller kind of uh, kind of genre. So I think uh, I think a lot of people are going to love that one. So Woman on the Edge by Samantha M. Bailey. Next up in the lifestyle section, I wanted to reflect back on my top 10 blog posts of 2019 because there may be some things that uh, that you missed that you might want to go back to now that you know uh, how popular they were. When I figure out the top 10 posts, I always go with ones that were published last year. So sometimes there are certain posts even years old that tend to um, still get a ton of traffic, but when I do my yearly recap, it's just the ones published that year. And I don't include if there was a giveaway, because of course that's a lot of traffic just because somebody could win something or links to my TV segments or my podcast episodes, show notes, they tend to get a lot. Um, in terms of podcast episodes, my sit down one-on-one -on -one with Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, of course, very popular. My sit down, it seems to be great when I actually sit with people, <laughs> sit down with um, Natalie McMaster, 
the Canadian Fiddler, um, Mom of Seven. It was very popular too. And also a chat with social workers, Tracy Condon and Laura Kukuk. We talked all about women and friendships, which was really neat. So, um, and again, we were sitting down in person. I think there really is something to be said for those podcast interviews where you're right there in the room with someone. But of course, uh, with busy schedules and geography, that doesn't always work. But so those were, uh, those were big in terms of podcasts. But when it's just straight blog posts. The number 10 was my family staycation tips and ideas. So while we were doing a summer staycation last year, saving up for this coming summer's trip to Ireland, these tips could be useful if you're doing a winter staycation. A lot of them are uh, are year-round tips that you could look into. The number nine was supporting kids and adults with dietary restrictions. So it was tips and a great cookbook from Amanda Orlando. She wrote Everyone's Welcome, The Art of Living and Eating Allergen-Free. So it's a book full of tips and also tons of recipes and, you know, everything's all kind of coded for different people who might have different dietary restrictions or allergies. And I interviewed her as well, sent her some questions, and she wrote me back, and I kind of compiled them all into a blog post that uh, was the number nine post of the year. Number eight was eight ADHD facts you need to know. And sometimes I get pitches from uh, publicists or different people. And Saranga Psychiatry, they have somebody working for them to publicize them a little bit. And they had sent out some information on this. And I thought, you know what, my my readers will definitely want to know more. And I added in some of my perspective as a parent and as a teacher as well. But um, eight ADHD facts you need to know. Even if your child does not have ADHD and you think this has nothing to do with you, it's always helpful to just kind of have knowledge, right? The knowledge is power idea and to learn about some of this stuff because your child probably has a student in his or her class who has ADHD or maybe the neighbor, or maybe your niece or nephew and uh, always good to know. Number seven was laser teeth whitening, all the details. So a friend and I went and, and got that done. So I shared even a nice close-up of my teeth before and after, the things that I do for my readers. Number six was a more personal kind of post called Six Rules I Break by a big rule follower. And I have totally always been sort of that, you know, teacher's pet and that sort of thing that I don't like to break a whole lot of rules, but I talk about six and some of it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but six rules that I do tend to break. Number five, 13 ways to waste less with Laura Murray. So she actually has been on the podcast as well talking about a lot of these tips, but she did a guest post for me uh, back around Earth Day with a lot of fantastic tips for ways that we can waste less. A lot of it's reducing plastics or things like that. So you may want to, uh, to take a peek at that blog post. The next one was number four, the fourth most viewed, was seven tips for making the most of your photo shoot. And I interviewed my uh, go-to photographer, Mary Zita Payne, and she gave a lot of great ideas for if you're going, maybe you're going to have headshots done, maybe it's engagement photos, something couple or family pictures, whatever the case may be, she's got some tips to kind of help you make the most of that time. Number three, random, you just never know, DIY barbecue sauce. So this was basically me recounting what we did with our students last year to make a Father's Day gift. So we bought all the bulk ingredients and it was a recipe from Martha Stewart, which I linked to properly. So I don't list the whole recipe, but I just kind of talked about what we did as a classroom Father's Day gift. Um, so you could check that out. 
Number two, the beauty posts are always very popular. It was Hybrid Brows from Permanent Beauty by Kalina. So in the summer, I went to get my brows touched up. I've had the microblading done, got it done a couple years ago, and I've had touch-ups. But this year, I try, decided to go with the hybrid idea. So you can read more about that there. But again, there's before and after pictures, all the, uh, all the details about what the process is. And uh, yeah, people tend to, to like those kind of posts. And then my most read post that was published in 2019 was a visit to Schitt's Creek in Goodwood, Ontario. So Schitt's Creek, of course, is not an actual place. It's fictional. And they did use um, a studio for some of their scenes, but they also had a lot of location scenes shot in Goodwood, Ontario, which is uh, not too, too far from Toronto, but on our side of it. So a little under an hour to get there. So my mom and my daughters and I took a little trip. And so there's lots of photos in front of a lot of the places that you might recognize. And we talked to a couple of the locals while we were there checking things out. So information on, uh, on that location for that hit show. And of course, if you hang in there for a couple more minutes, Jen Robertson, one of the stars of the show is going to be here. If you are looking for me on social media, I would love to be found. I am on Twitter and Facebook at This Mom Loves, on Instagram at Kate This Mom Loves, and my website is, of course, thismomloves.ca. And there's my blog. I was just talking about my top 10 posts, but you can go back and find anything there or see what's new lately. I have pages for my TV segments, for my print articles. There's a page with contact information, all the podcast show notes. Um, and you can browse by category. Maybe you just want to see what I've been writing about education or about beauty or whatever it is that you're interested in. And, um, and an about page too, if you want to get to know a little bit more about me. I'm so excited to welcome my special guest this week, Jen Robertson. You know her as Jocelyn Shit on the hit series Shit's Creek, which has just begun its sixth and final season on CBC. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> on the other end of the country from you, I think. Yeah. Yes. Where yeah. are you calling from? I'm calling from Vancouver. So Okay. Yeah. Great. Now, I know that, like most of my listeners, you are a mom and also that you have a fiancé. Congratulations. What can you tell us about your family? Thank you. Um, my family is awesome. Uh, we are three girls between nine and 13 and two dogs that are both under a year and a half. So a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. And, um, we haven't, I just got engaged a couple months ago, so we haven't really made plans for the wedding, but the kids are doing a lot of campaigning for <laughs> very exotic tropical locations. So we said, well, we'll keep them all in mind. So, <laughs> and what are you finding are the ups and downs of parenting at this phase? Well, I mean, I guess it's interesting because we're a blended family now. So that's kind of its own thing for starters because there's, you know, parenting and then there's sort of supporting another person's parenting. So with my nine-year-old, um, nine is cool. It's a cool time. You know, they're not super self-conscious about being um, watched by other people. So they're still very independent thinking and will be zany in public with you and not be embarrassed, which is great. Cause I'm very embarrassing as a parent. <laughs> um, but, uh, I think, you know, but they have their own thoughts, which is so cool. They're really becoming their own people, which is always really, really cool to have them 
have their own ideas about things now, not just repeating the things that you've said or their teachers have said. They really got their own ideas now, which is so cool. Now let's dive right into talking about the show. So you had lots of previous experience in comedy, both acting and writing, and then you landed the role of Jocelyn Shit. Did this just seem like any other audition, any other, oh yeah, I got the part, or did you sense something special about this show? Uh, well, as soon as you see that Catherine's name and Eugene's name, you knew it wasn't something ordinary because they themselves only tend to be a part of really extraordinary projects. And um, no, it was, uh, Jocelyn was one of those people in the audition I felt so comfortable with her voice, which happens sometimes for actors where suddenly it's like a shoe that fits perfectly. And um, I loved her just from reading the sides and I got the sides for quite a long time. Usually you get them the day before or a couple days before, but I had them for a couple weeks. So I really got to work on her and get comfortable in her before I went into the audition. So, yeah. And at what point did it really hit you what a success the show was? When do you think was kind of that tipping point? It was a slow burn for Schitt's Creek, I think, for sure. It was a very slow build up to the fan base. Um, and I think it honestly didn't dawn on me till last year. We were in L.A. for the Critics' Choice Awards, and Annie and I, Annie, who plays Alexis, were going for brunch. And uh, I was sitting there and... Nobody actually recognizes me. It's very funny for anybody who knows me because it's my hair is so different and you don't realize how much that wig that Jocelyn wears defines that character. So what I get a lot is people thinking that they know me from somewhere else. So I get a lot of like, are you a flight attendant on Air Canada <laughs> or what high school did you go to? And sort of you go through some things and then I kind of go, it might be if you watch the show Shit's Creek and then it kind of hits people, which is really fun. Anyways, Annie and I were meeting for brunch and I was there first and the waitress was like, do you ever watch the show Shit's Creek? Because you remind me so much of this woman on the show. And then I said that I was on the show and she got really excited. And I said, and Annie's coming to meet me. And she was like, oh my God, a woman in the kitchen has a t-shirt with Annie's face on it. And that was the point I realized, okay, I guess it's a thing. I guess it's, it's, it's suddenly people are watching the show. So yeah. Well, and I will admit that I was a little bit later to the game. I watched you know, a lot of dramas and that sort of thing. And people kept saying, okay, you'd love it. You'd love it. You'd love it. And I think the Netflix, like Netflix having it just really you know, kind of solidified the fact that everybody could access the past episodes and everything. And I binged it all and, and became a, a true fan. So. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I think Netflix was huge for us too. And I mean, obviously it wouldn't have gotten made without CBC and pop. And that was the first two windows for us. But I think having it be bingeable on Netflix, I think for a lot of shows is, is huge because people can really tuck in. Absolutely. And I mean, now the brand new season on CBC Tuesdays um, just premiered. So that's that's so exciting. Now, I know you filmed it in Ontario and I believe, well, I know you just mentioned you're on the West Coast. So how did you make yes. that work, especially having a family? Uh, it was not ideal. Um, <laughs> I'm also up until recently, until I got engaged, was a single parent, had my daughter full time. So arranging to work on the other side of the country 
for three months of the year when you are solely parenting your child is very complicated. <laughs> I relied heavily, heavily on my family. Um, my mom and my stepmom were both incredible. And it's very cool because my daughter is now very close with both of them because she spent big chunks of time with both my mom and my stepmom and then caregivers. And it truly, the village that took care of her when I was away was amazing. So she's very resilient and I'm incredibly grateful to all of them. It was a gong show. It was nuts. <laughs> so a lot of your filming was done in just a little uh, spot called Goodwood in Ontario. And this summer, my mom and daughters and I took a road trip to check it out and see some of the locations that you used. And even the people there were talking about the cast and talking about how wonderful it was having you there. But what was it like for you shooting in that little community? It was great. And it was great seeing people come up there because of the show. I mean, you were there. It's a very small community. It's a four-corner uh, town there. The butter tarts are incredible. I think the bakery has never been busier. Um, <laughs> they were all super friendly. Yeah, they were super friendly and nice. And, um, you know, it can be hard for people when you're shooting in their neighborhoods or their towns. It can It can create a lot of traffic and stress. And they were incredibly kind um, to all of us, which is lovely. I remember taking a picture on one of the last days going down the street to take a picture of the house that's the exterior of the shit house. And I was taking a photo and the fa one of the family that lived next door was out and watching the filming. And I was taking photos like, do you want us to take a picture of you? And I said, yeah, that would be great. Thanks. <laughs> like just lovely, lovely people up there. The good people of Goodwood. So yes. Now, as I have said, your final season, season six, has just premiered. So give us a little hint, anything you can tell us. What could we expect from Jocelyn and the rest of the characters in this final season? Well, I think, you know, there's not a whole lot I can reveal, but mm -hmm. I think I think people will find it a very satisfying um, closure to the characters and to their stories and um, the seeds of future and hope that are planted are lovely. Um, obviously everybody knows there's a wedding being planned. So that's, um, one thing that they could hopefully expect to see. Um, and, uh, it's a great season. It, it it gives Dan painstakingly sat with the writers to plan this out because I think he felt how important the show had become to a lot of people and wanted to provide a really fulfilling final season for the characters. So, And how do you feel Jocelyn has evolved since the beginning of the show? I think Jocelyn has, I think she's evolved in a way she's more expressive of her feelings. I think Moira kind of forced her hand on that because Moira was such a big personality. I think the polite Jocelyn of season one um, now versus Jocelyn season six, she's much more able to express herself <laughs> and how she feels about things, specifically Moira things. Um, and I think it's opened up her mind. You know, the beautiful thing is, is all the characters have helped change each other and grow, which is what you want from a TV show. And I think the shits have changed as much of, as the roses have, you know, we've all impacted each other's lives for sure. 
So, you know, Jocelyn might dream a bit bigger now, thanks to Moira, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I think comedy is hard, but it is clearly your specialty. So what draws you to comedic roles and shows and what's the secret for making comedy work? Um, well, I, I come by comedy genetically. Uh, my father was a comedian as well. So I think it's passed down. Maybe if I did a 23 and me, we find <laughs> out we go back there's like 18 generations of joke tellers. I don't know. Um, I think comedy seems hard because it's not familiar to you. It's the same way the minute my, my fiance starts talking about math and numbers, I break into a flop sweat because it's not something that's in my wheelhouse. I don't think there's any secret to being funny. I think you play, you can't play the character funny. You just have to play the character Mm. as true as you can. And then hopefully because of the writing and the way it's presented, it comes across as comedy. But I think you can't really say, oh, I'm going to make the scene funny. You have to make the scene true. And uh, I hope that comes across as funny in the end if it's comedy. <laughs> which it certainly does for Schitt's Creek. Now, yes, if you yes. can believe social media and what you read, which I know I can't always, but it seems like the cast mm-hmm. members genuinely care about each other. You guys have been getting together or at least keeping in touch since the shooting ended. Who do you think you'll stay close with? I think we'll all keep in touch. We all are very close. Dan was just, oh God, he just sent me something so funny. I don't even know where it's from. It's like film footage of a lady, um, like, uh, what do they call them? Sheriff from somewhere in the States. And she's got giant blonde hair and she's dancing. And he's like, Jocelyn is on the loose somewhere (laughs) in the Southern United States. Um, I think we'll all keep in touch. I'm very close with Sarah Levy and with Karen Robinson. I mean, we've all we all have different special connections. Annie and I are pals. I think I think it's been such a life-changing thing for so many of us. I think we'll all keep in touch over the years. But Dan, you know, rented, I don't know if you know this, he rented um a house in Italy after we wrapped the last season and a bunch of us hung out in Italy for a couple of weeks and just had the best time and ate all the pizza and uh, had a great time hanging out. So I think we'll all be connected to each other forever. And did you take any souvenirs with you when the show ended? I did. I took a kitten sweatshirt. (laughs) Um, I got my choice. I could choose whichever one I wanted. And I picked a few knickknacks from the house as well. Um, They were very generous, the props department. I know that they also auctioned off a lot of wardrobe stuff, you know, David's, Alexis, Moira, some of the designer stuff they auctioned off for charity. Um, and they had sort of a set sale for things, but they let me kind of tour around the set sale first and see if there was anything that I wanted to take from the house and stuff. So it was really cool. There's a few little knickknacks. One of the birds, it's like a pheasant. When David redid the blouse barn, and had all those black birds, not the giant ostriches, but the smaller ones. I have one on my mantle right now. I'm looking at it. So, Oh, neat. Yeah. So you guys have been nominated for a SAG Award. So Outstanding Performance by an Ensemble and a Comedy Series. You're in like such an amazing category, and it's very exciting. So I have to ask you the typical award season questions. Where were you when you yes. heard? I was at home 
and um, got a call from my agent. No, I wasn't at home. Was I? I might have been. God, I know my agent called me. I was on set. I was on set and uh, shooting a new show. And my agent called and said, call me right away in all caps. And I called her back and that's when she told me. Um, yeah, it's a really cool nomination for actors to be nominated by other actors. Um, is incredibly flattering. And the company we're in is ridiculous. The other nominees, the casts are incredible. And um, now I'm just trying to figure out what to wear. Well, that's going to be my next question. Have you chosen an outfit? But you're still working on it. I haven't. You know, I've been very, very lucky. There's um, uh, a company in L.A. who reps a bunch of different designers. And the last few award shows for the Critics' Choice last year, for the Emmys this year, they reached out to me and they represent a whole bunch of different incredible designers. And they um, set me up with a fitting and I go and try on different things. And it's honestly the biggest relief of my life because up until then, I would have to sort that all out myself. And it is not uh, one of the gifts that I have dressing for things is not my jam. And so I'd be so excited about the awards and go, Oh God, what am I going to wear? How is this going to work? And you know, so it's so lovely to have that, to have someone else go, we'll find some things and try them on and put them on you. And you can go and that is ideal for me. So <laughs> I'm growing up my hair, which is really stressing me out. I have this pixie cut and I'm in the phase right now where I have a mullet and I'm not sure how I'm going to style the mullet for the red carpet. I'm thinking headbands or I, I don't know, but it'll well, be Headbands fine. are in. Somebody, I know, someone will sort it out on the day, which will be great. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. Now, while we're sad to see Schitt's Creek end, of course, we're certainly hoping to see more of the talent. And you mentioned shooting something new. So what can you tell us what's yes. next for you? I... I was very lucky to be cast in uh, a new Netflix original show that's coming out next year called Ginny and Georgia. And um, we shot that. That started shooting about four and a half weeks after I finished um, Schitt's Creek. So I didn't have much time to breathe <laughs> before I started something new. So it's good and it's bad in that... Um, you know, you sort of didn't, I didn't have a lot of time to catch my breath, but I was very grateful to be cast in something else. And it's quite different. It's an hour long drama. So it's, um, was a totally new experience for me. It was really fun. So yeah, we'll, we'll see if people latch onto that next year. <laughs> Hang on to your hats, everyone. <laughs> All right. Now, yeah. the last question I always ask my guests is if they have a This Mom Loves, some sort of favorite thing to share with listeners. Is there an app that you always use or a book that you've read or a go-to beauty product, something that you could recommend to listeners? I would say, if I were to finish that sentence, I would say This Mom Loves Baths. <laughs> I'm like a bath sommelier. Anytime something goes wrong, I'll put myself in a bath. <laughs> Because that seems to be, I don't know if in a former life I was an aquatic animal, but it just seems to be the place where I can center and think clearly. Also, I think I got that from my dad. My dad used to go into the tub when we were kids and fall asleep. And someone would look at their watches and go, oh God, he's falling asleep. Somebody has to wake him up. So I am a bather. I love all salts all things. I am currently using a, um, it's like a black lava, uh, bath.
Bath Salt. I'm trying mm. to think of who makes it. It's by uh, Kiz, maybe? But it feels very magical and mysterious to pour in these sort of black bath salts into your tub and then tell everybody to leave you alone for 30 minutes. So <laughs> at least, at least anyway. people, when things are stressful, get in a bathtub, it'll change your, your perspective hundred percent. Well, you can catch season six of Schitt's Creek Tuesdays on CBC, and I will have all the links you need for Jen Robertson and the show in the show notes for this episode. Jen, thank you so much for being here. I really love chatting Thanks with you. Thanks for having me. You too. Take care. And that brings us to the end of this episode of This Mom Loves. Please make sure you come back for the next episode. If all goes well, I'm going to be able to uh, announce something to you about the collaboration that I've been teasing on social media for a little bit, something really exciting that uh, I've been working on that I'm going to be able to talk about very soon, hopefully in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my editor, Lucas Wojcicki, for doing such an excellent job with the audio. And if you do enjoy the show, it always is appreciated if you rate or review it wherever you listen to podcasts or even just take one quick second right now, send your friend a text, just send a a direct message to somebody and say, you know what, there's this podcast I've been listening to, This Mom Loves, I think you might like it. Um, It's always really, really helpful when you spread the word and I do appreciate it. Until next time.